0: Welcome to FranPath Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam
1: Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie, And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey Britt. Hey Sam. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing really well. Thanks. Yeah, so we're on spring break right now and we're doing touristy things in San Diego and I feel like it it really feels like everything's kind of coming back now. I, it truly feels like we're we're as close as we've been certainly to pre-pandemic life. I
0: know. I you sent me some pictures yesterday that were adorable of you and and your son Max at Legoland and it is cool to see that things are opening back up and Everybody's kind of getting back out there, you know, after
1: being on lockdown for so long. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that really with a lot of our clients too. I, I'm seeing a lot of leaning in on brick and mortar businesses again, where we're definitely seeing fitness and beauty have a massive resurgence after a little bit of nerves around opening a fitness or a, a beauty business. Mhm, I know half of my
0: day today, maybe three-fourths of it so far, has been spent presenting brick and mortar concepts, you know, versus a year ago, people were very hesitant to move into that space. But I think we've seen a couple of things. You know, number one, There are some incredible brands out there that have gotten really prepared to be able to handle any type of pandemic going forward to keep their clients safe. And secondly, you know, being on lockdown, you miss that human element, right? That interaction, getting to spend time with people. And so I think people love fitness for that reason, being in person and getting that
1: socialization too. I think that's a perfect point. And Really, as we look at the work from home trend, there are a lot of companies. I just had a guy from Lockheed Martin today say, we are not heading back to the office and it appears that we won't be heading back to the office. And that was his reason for wanting to get involved in a fitness business because what it did is it offers a point of socialization. And I do think that's going to be coming way, way more important to people as we continue to pivot away from a traditional work environment.
0: I agree. I agree. I think people at the end of the day still want to be around people. And I think it's more interesting to not have to commute to an office every day, you know, be home and do your calls in your pajamas. And when you're getting out there, it's to be with your friends and get a good workout in or whatever it may be. But I think people still love to be around
1: others. And you know me, I had a Peloton pre-pandemic, but I am back to the gym now because I'm not seeing my friends that much outside of the gym or doing a few things, so my Peloton is getting a bit of dust on it (laughs) as I've headed back into the gym. Now, today we do have an expert with us from the fitness industry at large. We have the founder and CEO of Alloy here, and he is revolutionizing the fitness business. Rick Mayo, thank you for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: Yes, we're thrilled to have you.
0: So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. You know, we would love if you would just kick off with us telling us a little bit about your background. You've been in fitness for a long time and had a major impact on the industry. So tell us a little bit more about your background.
2: Sure. So I don't know if I'm proud or embarrassed to admit that I've been open Uh, In a brick and mortar facility since 1992, so a long, long time. Um, I I mean, listen—if you're in a small business that lasts more than five years, you're in rare air. I'm pretty sure if you're in a small business that's 30 years old, I don't even know what that means about you. You're you're crazy, maybe I don't know, but um, uh, you know, it it certainly gives gives us a lens on the industry overall, Um, and it and it speaks to the fact that you know, if you, if you do things properly and you're in the right verticals and you can evolve over time, whether it be technology or, or what have you, that you can stay in the business for a while. And it, it certainly speaks from a franchise standpoint. You know, you want staying power, right? You don't want to be so on trend that you can by default go out of trend. So it does speak to like, hey, we have the same brand promise on the door now that we had 30 years ago. So I actually opened when I was in college. I was cobbling my living by bouncing around to different health clubs and going to people's homes training a lot of Hollywood stars. I mean, that was sort of what personal training was in 92. Right. And then, you know, we had this idea like, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we could build four walls around this and build a customer experience around this high end service of training? And of course, it's hard to believe now. It's almost, again, funny to even say it, but there was no Internet then. So I can make claims to be the first ever facility dedicated to just personal training, because I'm not sure there'd be any way to, to validate otherwise. <laughs> so I'd say that we were first ever to have a, a facility, certainly in the Atlanta area, dedicated to just personal training. And, you know, it evolved somewhere between 92 and 98, you know, we, we doubled our space and you know, we continue to evolve the model. And once this sort of rich and famous folks, you know, you know, when only the cool kids were doing it, that evolved into like regular folks realizing like, Hey, having a coach and some guidance and whatnot, is very compelling. And it's a, it's a great way to reach goals. We needed to figure out a way to scale it. And what I mean by that is to make it more affordable so that it wasn't obscenely expensive. So we could touch more lives and help more people. turns out it was also a really good business model, right? Because it it increased the business, the margins in the, in the brick and mortar model as well. So, You know, from that, we ended up being one of the highest revenue per square foot facilities in the country. And that led to a lot of speaking and consulting gigs. And then people started buying what we were doing part and parcel. Like, can we buy your sales system? Or can we buy, can you write the workouts for our gym? Or can we buy your induction process? And finally, instead of selling everything piecemeal, we said, listen, let's just clean this thing up. Let's put it on a platform, right? Digital platform. And let's do, and at the time we called it licensing, which can be a little bit confusing with franchising because you award licenses, right? But think about sort of a fractionalized franchise or what we would call franchise light, where we were operating as a white label, powering other fitness businesses. So fast forward to 2019, we had 2,500 clubs worldwide, everywhere from Tasmania, Cyprus, India... You know, geez, I like to name all these far reaching places Dubai, you know, obviously tons in the States, Australia, New Zealand, all of those. And i had traveled to all these places and done, you know, um, talks and keynotes and just a ton of fun and being able to take what, we, what I had built in college and spread it all over the world and watch it not only help the business owners, but then also help, you know, their members as well. And it was all on how to deploy and operationalize coaching services some of that work you guys was done with some of the biggest fitness franchises in the world so like anytime fitness is a great example five thousand locations worldwide right and so we you know built a coaching module for them um put that in another couple thousand clubs worldwide and same thing for gold's gym and so what it gave us was a, a massive shortcut to franchising I mean, listen, not 30-year shortcut, but I I put it this way, a peek under the covers, if you will, at how franchising works. And it also taught us how to deploy and operationalize things, again, in a franchise structure. So eventually we had boutique fitness, which is kind of the the category that we're in, very small, very specific to one service. They started to approach us to say, can you build our sales system? And they were in franchise structures. Many of the franchises that you guys have heard of were approaching us to build things for them. And we thought, you know what? instead of um, powering something that's like us let's make a run at our own franchise so in 2020 which was just as you guys know a fantastic year to go into fitness franchising (laughs) we pivoted to full franchising in 2020 and so it was a long time i think it's a unique way you know when you hear that story i haven't heard that one a lot um you know that you would approach franchising from that from that direction but what it does give us is a long time to perfect what we do. And I mean, along that way, we opened many corporate locations as well that we own. But it also gave us a really great lens on a worldwide market. Where is there gaps in the market? What type of service is being well-received? Where's the biggest line-out of revenue that our licensees are seeing? And what should we bring to market? And so it gave us a 30-year shortcut, if you will, if that's a short, if that's a short time to bring something relevant to franchising. So yeah, that's, that's our story in a nutshell.
1: You've helped over 2,500 gyms nationwide, and now you've developed, you know, really your own true brand that you are franchising out. So what is Alloy?
2: In its essence, it is personal training. Now, typically, Let's just take fitness in general. So I'll back up a minute. So you've got regular fitness, and any listeners would hear would that would mean like you pay a membership and you go to a gym and, and you work out on your own, right? So we have that. That's a, a segment of the fitness industry. Then you have what's called boutique fitness. And I know these terms make sense to you guys, but for any listeners, that's just a small footprint that typically focuses again on one modality or you know, something specific. So we're in that category. Now in that category, you've got a bunch of those that are what we would call class based. So just think of 15 to 20 people getting sweaty. And that might be based on a bike or a rower or heart rate or a boot camp or yoga or Pilates and kind of again, I'm, th- I'm speaking through the lens of the consumer, you know, 15, 20 people in a room working out got it. Now on the other end of the spectrum of boutique fitness would be what we would consider personal training traditionally, which would be done in a one to one setting. So one coach, one client, right? And I think there's a few franchises there, but not a ton. We sit sort of right in the middle. So we go after the customer avatar that personal training would. So 45 to 65, we can trend younger, but traditionally 45 to 65 holds more wealth. I mean, that's it, right? So we don't, Lean older on purpose, other than the fact that people that are 45 and 65 have lived long enough to amass a little wealth, they can rub a few nickels together. And so that makes a good customer for us because our average spend per month is $300 a month, right? So it's a little bit more expensive than, you know, what most of the class based concepts. But if you look at that price, say like $30 a session, compared to the markets that we're going into, compared to one on one training, it's a really good value to the right customer avatar, right? So we're training six people with one coach and we have all the technology and everything put into place to still be able to put that personal training tag on the front door and deliver on that promise. So that's what makes us a bit different. Our customer avatar is a little bit underserved in the fitness space. Most fitness, especially class based is targeting around 30 years old as their main avatar. It's mainly female leaning, right? Um, It's mainly bootcamp style, whatever that might be. So for us, we're targeting a bit of an older clientele, a bit more you know, income, and obviously that affects our archetype, affects real estate, marketing materials, imaging, right, verbiage, everything is affected by that. So that's what makes it a little bit unique. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, it makes the model more scalable, meaning you can put it in more places because it brings the price down for that service, and it makes it a lot more profitable for the business owner than a one-on-one personal training model.
0: You know, those are some great differentiators. And I think sometimes we hear from our clients of, you know, fitness is a saturated space. And I think you put some good points out there about how you're different. Anything we miss when someone says to me, fitness is saturated, it's kind of a preconceived notion out there. Anything else that we didn't hit on so far that you want to add to?
2: No, I think... um... You know, we're really comfortable going into very crowded markets because, again, if you have an underserved customer avatar, they're typically, if they are partaking in any boutique fitness, they're normally in brands that ne- that don't necessarily service them the best. Right. And we only need 130 members to have a very healthy model. I can easily place myself in a it's like. Think about luxury used, or I'm sorry, they use, but luxury cars, right? They they clump their dealerships together because if you're shopping for a Jaguar, you might be looking for a Range Rover, you might be looking for a BMW, or maybe a Lexus. I feel the same way. I can plug right in where there's, you know, a, a boutique, um, a big gym, a yoga place. I mean, all of those can be in my in my um, competitive space, and they are, and easily poach 130 people that are probably misplaced in a different brand and service them a lot better and one of the I think the biggest differentiator from certainly from a candidate standpoint is our lifetime value so the and and these are just metrics I sit on the board for something called the Fitness Business Association and they're the governing body for boutique fitness so here's some metrics that might that your that your audience might find interesting so in class-based concepts the average spend per month is 129 dollars a month that's a national average so certainly Manhattan you know San Diego it might be a bit higher right but 129 national average. Now the average stay for that customer, so the retention's about five months. So it's three to seven months. So it's simple math would tell us that's like $650 lifetime value. And that might, thats like, what does that even mean? Well, let's compare it to Alloy. So we have a 36 month stay for a customer, average spend $300 a month, that's $11,500. So we're more than 10X the lifetime value of a class-based boutique brand, right? And I will tell you from experience, the customer acquisition cost of those two individuals is exactly the same. So it's a rhetorical question, but like who who do you want as a customer? Someone who's gonna stay three years and pay 300 bucks a month, or someone who's gonna stay five months and pay 129. And why is that? Well, because there's a million choices for things that look a lot like what that 129 will buy you and you just hop from one to the other, depending on flavor of the week or try something new. For us, underserved customer, they don't have a lot of places when they find a home that says, hey, I'm really fit. I drive a Mercedes, but I have a bad hip and I like to like golf and ski or something. It's like, oh, where do I go? It's like, all right, well, we're the place for you. And when we land that person, they don't leave, right? Because it's, it's finally a place that can service them at, at the level that they want to be serviced.
1: Those rates are insane. I mean, I came from the fitness space prior to doing this and have represented another fitness brand. I mean, that's not something that you commonly hear. So for anybody listening to this, it's like, okay, okay. Those numbers and metrics are absolutely wonderful. Now for you guys, you have obviously lightning in a bottle with Alloy, but you chose to partner with Repum Group to bring this brand national and really roll it out. So what is the role of Repim Group and why did you guys choose to work with them out of the other franchise sales organizations that are out there?
2: Well, I think, and you guys understand this, there's two separate businesses in a franchise. There's the business that we do, which is, listen, we help clubs be operationally efficient and successful and we help them get their communities to a healthier place. That's something we've been doing for 30 years. We know that business well. We've been coaching other gyms on how to do it for a long time. But as you guys know, then there's the franchise business, and that is a business in and of itself, regardless of what you're franchising. Obviously, as much as we knew about, again, club ops and how to make owners successful, We knew as little about how to navigate the, you know, the consultant networks and all the little idiosyncrasies about selling franchises, you know, those type of things. Now, granted, we sold 30 odd with me selling it, you know, to get out of the gate. So I think it was just because it's a compelling offer and it makes it kind of a no-brainer. But I will tell you that it is an amazing to get that bandwidth to have a franchise development company. Right. And the reason that we chose Repum over the others, and there's a lot of them out there and a lot of them are, are really good. So listen, I'm sure there's a million others that would have done something similar. But what I loved about Repum was when we first met with them, they have an operations side and it was always important to me that I want to grow fast. But as you know, you can, you can wreck your business. You know, you can explode it by growing so fast that you can't keep up. And so I didn't want that to happen. So I wanted to grow fast with integrity. And what I really appreciated about the Repam guys was they have an operations side, which some of the other FSOs did not. And there was, you could even tell in our early calls, there's like a healthy friction between the sales team that's like, we're going to sell a thousand, right? And then you've got the operations team who's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you know, we, we need these guys to be successful. You've got to validate the first 20 are our key. And those are the things that we were most concerned about. So, yes, you want to grow fast, but you want to grow fast with integrity. And I felt like Repam gave us the best shot of doing that.
0: I love that. It is a differentiator. I mean, they've got the different divisions of build them, rep them, scale them, grow them, all their different divisions. So I think it's great that you saw that because it is so important that you bring on the right people and that you scale appropriately and make sure that your franchisees feel well supported we always say, you know, franchises are awarded. We're not out here selling franchises. They're awarded. So who is the ideal franchisee for you for Alloy?
2: It turns out that it's, interestingly, almost the same avatar as the customer for our brick and mortar locations. You guys have probably seen this in your work. Like you somebody has to live long enough, again, to get financially solvent enough to be able to invest in an opportunity, Right. And so it turns out that what makes it easier for us is the avatar that we're speaking to. If we have somebody who's 45 years old, who's doing well, who wants to either leave corporate or keep their job and invest in something, it's very easy for them to connect the dots because they typically, if they're interested in fitness, they understand that it does well. They're probably an enthusiast at a certain degree. You know, they probably work out a little bit on their own. And when you explain that, Hey, this is our avatar and it's underserved, you know, in in the space, they're like, yes, oh my God, I've had shoulder surgery, you know, I like to play golf and you're right. Like I was working out at this CrossFit place and it hurt my arm and I was doing, you know, so they speak it right back to you. So it's not hard for them to connect the dots. So I would say age bracket wise, it fits the same avatar as our ultimate customer for brick and mortar. And then really it's, you know, we're not really selling to personal trainers who, you know, want to own their own businesses. Certainly we have a massive network of those guys but I really wanted something that we could scale um, a little bit faster than one at a time. Right. And so we're really looking for investor types. And that really lends itself to a semi absentee owner. The only reason I say semi absentee is a full absentee is like, you know how this works, right? If you set the expectation that you don't have to do anything ever, right? It's completely absentee. Just throw some money out there into the universe. And this thing will return to you in spades. I hate that message because there are times in the business, where you're gonna to have to lean in and pay attention to your investment. So we never wanna set that expectation. Depending on how you define that term, I'll use semi-absentee, but that's who we're selling to mostly. And we've got all the tools in place for them to hire the right operator and you know, labor structures and how the whole thing works. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting that it ends up being the same avatar as our customer for our gyms.
0: That is really interesting. And we agree with you. I mean, absentee, I don't think nothing is going to be as passive as investing in the market ever. It needs to be something that you have to have your hands in a little bit and most of it's, you know, coaching and and leading the manager, identifying the right talent, overseeing back end financials. Tell us a little bit more about the support because you just made a good comment of, you know, you guys have everything in place that they need. So tell us more about that support for the franchisee.
2: Yeah, I think it starts with the the, the you know, the platform or the the basis that we stand on, which is the technology, honestly. So thankfully, having been in the industry for a million years and having worked with all of those other fitness brands and kind of seeing maybe where some of the sticking points were and some of the things that franchisees wanted, right, that we would hear about working in these other franchised structures, we were able to put together a really good tech package. And so there's some automations and some efficiencies around that, which really help. That way, you know, just simple things like, are we all coaching to the same scoreboard, right? So what we've done is built out like really simple, which is simple as you guys know, it's our fifth core value, it's not easy. So making something simple, it takes a lot of work to get a dashboard built so that there's maybe four KPIs that we're coaching the operator and the owner to, right? And it takes some time to do that, but all that stuff's built out um, so that again, it makes it easy for us to identify any challenges that we're having, what those challenges are and if you can identify those then you know what to coach like okay this is the area that's jamming you up here's where we're going to coach you and that may be the operator that might be shedding a light on it for the investor so that they can lean in and help coach um but as far as actual human support most of the franchises i believe the ratio we read was like an 80 to 1 meaning eight franchi- 80 franchisees to one franchise business coach just having done this forever in a day in this licensing structure, that doesn't seem like it would be enough. So we're committed to to keep a 30 to one ratio. We think that will work just based on what we've done in the past. So again, 30 franchisees to one franchise business coach. So examples of that would be during presale, there's a weekly call with both the operator and the investor, right? And so for the operator, it's tactical. And our dashboard does everything from we can see the different, you know, sort of leads through the pipeline we can see where the communications are we can record phone calls so we can literally i mean this is the level of coaching that we're able to give is like hey guys you're selling the braces just sell the smile don't tell them about all the stuff just tell them that you're perfect for them you know i mean it's little nuanced things like that that can really upskill the operators and get them up to speed and we can identify them quickly because we've got the technology platform to, to allow us to do that and we think, uh, you know, long term 30 is about as many as we'll be able to coach on that level. So once a week call during pre-sale, that's usually the first 12 weeks or so. And then after that, it's a monthly call and we can easily pull up metrics. I mean, there's whiteboards all over our office where we've got everyone at what stage, members, churn rate. I mean, everything is right there, completely transparent for everyone to see. I mean, I can walk into one of my franchise business coaches office and point at one metric and be like, why is that there? And they can tell me exactly why. And that means we can tell you exactly why as the franchisee, which is really big.
1: I love that you're measuring KPIs with franchisees because as a, as a semi-absentee owner, that's so incredibly important to have those numbers front and center, to have the metrics very clear for the operator in your business. I mean, and then to have the franchise business coaches, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal when you're going through a discovery process. But man, when you're out there as an entrepreneur, specifically someone that's working all day in a different job, that is a big deal to have the capacity to have someone helping you. So that's something I didn't even know about, Ally coming into this call that is very impressive. Now, for you, Rick, you've built a really impressive career since 1992 in the fitness space. Can you share with us the best piece of advice that you've ever been given that you would want to share with our listeners
2: that's a loaded question that's a lot of advice in 30 years sam that's a lot i I would say um control what you can't and let go of what you can't right because i think you know in the in the frenetic crazy pace as you guys certainly know well of entrepreneurship there's a lot going on at any given time and you know sometimes it's like hey What's the what's the next step that's right in front of you, right? Like, what can I control? And that kind of also speaks to like, goals are great, but like habits and out, you know, habits produce the outcomes, right? So again, instead of thinking this, you know, we're going to be at 500 locations in five years, great, okay, but like tomorrow, what needs to happen that's going to move us an inch closer to 500 locations in five years? Those are the things under our control. Pandemic, not so much, right? All these other things that happen are not. But there are a million and one things that are under our control. And so I think that's the best piece of advice that I've heard. And it keeps you sane as well, because there's always actionable steps. There's always something we could be doing better or you know something to move the ball down the field. And that's what we're always looking to do.
0: That's great advice. I really love that. We haven't had that yet um, on a podcast. So... Being in franchising, I think everybody has kind of a personal compelling reason, their why. We ask our clients at at the front of the process to think about what is their why, because that's going to be your motivator to get into business and be successful. So what is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising?
2: I, I think, you know, Britt, it's like the million dollar question. I think that's why we got into the business. That's why I did it in college. And I mean you know, to make a career out of wearing sweatpants to work every day, didn't seem like a viable solution. I was in a business school and I'm looking around at everyone and they're hoping to get a job here and work their way up the corporate ladder. And I'm like, I'm really hoping to wear sweatpants to work every day. And at the time, fanny packs, but as I understand they're back in. They're coming back. (laughs) That's what I've heard. Now you wear them over your shoulder. I'm like, how's that a fanny pack? It's a shoulder, it's a shoulder bag. I wore one
1: yesterday. (laughs) See?
2: Sam's on fashion forward. She gets it. She's back yeah. in um, I've been sworn off of them. Like everyone in my life is like, "Don't do it." I'm like, "Man, <laughs> it's so convenient. All your stuff goes in. It's like a perfect man purse." You know. <laughs> anyway, all that being said, listen. I got into it because I really liked helping people. And I mean, there's a lot of businesses where you can say, like, "Listen, if I'm painting a home or putting in a new HVA system, system that makes people cooler, and they're going to be happy." I'm like, "Okay," but you know what I do. I literally get to change lives on a daily basis. I get to see the fruits of my labor. People pay us for what we do, which doesn't even seem like work. And then they thank us for it. Like we've done something above and beyond and we're not, there's nothing more gratifying in the entire world. Now, most of my days are not spent working on that because as you guys know, when you're building a franchise, I'm working on legal and compliance and all these things that aren't the end product. But I tell you what. Things get tough at times, and I'm sure you guys go through this, too. The reason that you wake up every morning is because if you get up and do your job and you move the ball down the field like we talked about, it's literally life changing for people. It gives it changes the lives of our franchisees by giving them the ability to be entrepreneurs, which is an amazing journey. Right. It also gives them financial freedom and all of the, you know, the things that come along with that. And then think about what it's doing to their communities. I mean, you're talking about from licensing 2500 clubs you know, I don't know how many people have been touched by our programming, but I don't know if you guys know this, but there's over a hundred people worldwide now that have alloy tattoos like on their body from wow. results that they've gotten from our programming. Some of them are business owners who have made money because of us and been able to leave their corporate jobs and just do fitness for a living and they're getting alloy tattoos. And so it's sort of picking up steam. I'm sure we'll have more. I'll pay for yours. If you guys want one, I'll say that now, <laughs> but, um, That's why. I mean, we are in a life-changing business and it's not a stretch to figure out what that means or or if that's true. Right. And so for me, it's like 30 years. I still wake up every single day. Absolutely on fire. I'm sure you can, you know, you can detect that now by the way I'm talking about. Absolutely freaking love it. I can't imagine doing anything else
0: you can definitely tell the passion for sure that you love what you do. And we love to see that part of what Sam and I do is we vet brands and we vet leadership teams and we make sure that they are passionate about what they do and they're going to take good care of our clients if they join the family. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you did today. We loved having you on our podcast and we really appreciate your time.
2: Likewise. Thank you Thanks so for much, having me Rick. guys. It was a blast. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Brittany. Appreciate it. Thank
1: you. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at FranPathConsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at Fran Path Consulting or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com to take your free business assessment.